Greetings in the precious name of Jesus this morning. To start out with, I would actually like some participation from each one of you. Maybe not each one of you, but a lot of you. Um, When we think of the creation that God created, I would like to hear from you that, I mean, I know we've all been different places, but some place that you've been that you were just awestruck at what God created. And that place can be as far off places you travel to. It can be as close as stepping on your deck and looking out. So I'm curious what you have, something that just was awestruck to you. I, I could go on probably all morning of things. Well, I'm not going to, but anyway. So just like to hear from you. The sequoias is one of the first things in mind, because if I, I didn't do any measurement, but I think if you took the three largest trees out of Sequoia National Park and um, what's the other park that's beside it? No. Kings, Kings, Kings Canyon. The three largest trees I don't think would fit in this auditorium, the stumps of it. That's mind-boggling. Um, yes. Okay. Sequoia National Park. Lake Superior? Okay. And from the top's pretty good too. Sorry. Okay. Badlands. Sure. Mm-hmm. Lake Ontario. Lake Ontario. Anything in Michigan. Oh boy. Yes. Okay. Bryce Canyon. Bryce Canyon. Okay. Okay, there we go. We're, we're traveling a little farther now, aren't we? One, one place, I mean, of, of all the many, and, and that's Maasai Mata in Kenya. Um, natural. You see the animals that we thought would probably never see in, in the wild, but that we can see in the wild. Elephants, giraffes, zebras. I mean, you name it. It's rhinoceroses, hippos crocodiles, all kinds of gazelles, and then monkeys, and just, just all kinds of things. Anything else? I'd say snorkeling around the waist, like going underneath the water, would be great. Yep. Well, thank you for your participation. Um, probably what really struck me is Three weeks ago, two weeks ago from yesterday, we stopped to to pick up two hunters that were coming out late at night, and I was standing out beside the truck, and it was pitch dark. I didn't check the elevation, but we were a little closer to the stars than we are here, but anyway, I just looked at the sky, and it was amazing. When you take 
the more lights away you take, the brighter the star, this, the sky becomes. And I was just thinking, wow. And we can see that from our deck. We don't have to travel to all these places to see God's creation. And then to top it off, you could see them, the mountain peaks or the, the skyline, and a falling star went zing through the sky and disappeared behind the mountain. So it just, it was just kind of a topping. And I thought of the verse in Psalm, and I guess that inspired me, and that verse is Psalm 8, verse 3. It says, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained. And God did it with the work of his fingers. So with this morning, let's read Psalm 8. Turn with me to Psalm 8. And I'll read the entire psalm. Psalm 8, verse 1. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set your glory above the heavens, out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength because of your enemies that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visited him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels and you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. I'd also like to just read uh, Psalm 19, verse 1. It says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. As I look at this psalm, um, verse 3 stood out to me because it's, he's making a statement. When I consider the heaven and the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained. But he doesn't stop there. And he asks a question. I think probably that question is a very important question for us to ask. And he asks, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visited him? And so we'll probably look at that question today um, in a little bit more depth. There's a story that was printed in the Time Magazine that features a story about Peter Sellers. He was a well-known English actor, and the article was about him appearing on a Muppet show and being interviewed by Kermit the Frog. His interview began with Kermit, the Fro Kermit telling Peter, now just relax and be yourself. And Peter Sellers responded, I can't be myself because I don't even know who I am. The real me doesn't exist. Now I suppose that Peter Sellers was trying to be funny because he was a comedian, but on this particular occasion his words were anything but funny. In fact, they were rather sad. One of his longtime friends commented on these words said, Poor Peter, because the real Peter disappeared a long time ago. And we look at the story, and how many times have we looked at ourselves and said, we don't know who we are? And David's asking this question, what is man that you are mindful of him? And I think we can um, maybe turn that question into more of a personal question is, 
not as what is man, but when you say, who are we? Or who am I? And, and as I think of this psalm, you know, David was a shepherd. And I don't know, was he inspired because he was taking care of the sheep at night, one night, and had nothing else to do. And he's laying, looking at the stars and just marveling at the vastness of the universe. When he asked this, and when we think of God's creation, it should actually make us feel pretty small that God actually is mindful of us. And so, if he's feeling small, he asks God, so what, what am I, or what are we as men that you actually are mindful of us? So the first thought I have in here is that to answer this question, what is man, we can go right to creation. God created us special. First thought is, we are special, created in the image of God. Of all the things that God created, man is the only one that he breathed the breath of life into. And I think it's important for us to recognize that we are created by God, and we are created for a purpose. And therefore, um, we're not to think too low of ourselves. Yes, we should consider ourselves as small, but not to think too low of ourselves. And I think in Psalm 8 here, he also explains why he created us and why he created us with a purpose. In verse 5 and 6, it says, For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands, you have put all things under his feet. So God did make us for a purpose. He's the one that breathed life into us. There's a story of a scientist that was a really smart scientist, and he was pretty sure that God creating humans really wasn't that a special creation because he's pretty sure he could do it himself. And so he challenged God that he thinks that God he can make a human and just like God did. And so God said, okay, I'll accept that challenge. Go ahead. So the scientist reached down and grabbed a handful of dirt. God said, stop. You got to make your own dirt. That's mine. We, we think that's kind of humorous, but yet I think sometimes we as men think we are so smart and that we can do anything God did, but yet we're only using the resources that God has given and God has created for us. The second thought on what is man is we must not think too highly of ourselves. When we think too highly of ourselves, we tend to be like Adam and Eve who did the very thing God told them not to do. They had all these things they could do, and one thing they were not to do, they chose to do, and they yielded to Satan's temptation. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 to 8. It says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, 
but in lowliness of mind let each one esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look not look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. So we must not think too highly of ourselves. We need to remember that we are created and we are created special. Um, Turn with me to Romans chapter 12, verse 3. says, For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. The third point is, is through Jesus, we can be that kind of person that God intended us to be from the very beginning. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 12 through 21. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 12 through 21. For we do not commend ourselves against you, but give you opportunity to boast on our behalf, that you may have an answer for those who boast in appearance and not in heart, For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. Or if we are of sound mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ compels us, because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh. Yet now we know him thus no longer." Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and and has committed to us the word of reconciliation." Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So it is through Jesus that we can be that kind of person that God intended us from the very beginning. Not one that thinks too low of himself and not one that thinks too high of himself. I have a poem I'd like to read and also a a story. The poem is, when we look up at the night sky and see the breathtaking work of your hands, we wonder, who are we that you should take care of us 
that you should care so much for us. When we feel small and inadequate, powerless and easily swayed, when we wish we could be heroes, yet find ourselves adrift in a sea of straying, we wonder against, again, who are we that you should care so much for us? When we find ourselves in a land of giants, when others seem to ignore us or disregard us, or let us down, when we fail to make the kind of impact we long for, we wonder once again, who are we that you should care so much for us? When we hear again that ancient story, truth and love pinned on a dark, darkened skyline, a kind, courageous man held before us with three nails, and we wonder why he would go so far for us, then we know who we are that you should care so much for us. There was a story of a pastor that was retired, that he was one of the preachers in one of the largest churches in Louisville, Kentucky. The chairman of evangelism in that congregation was a medical doctor, and Dr. Sumi never took a course in evangelism. He just loved God and loved people. And couldn't stand to see people lost in their sins, so he goes out and tells people the good news about Jesus Christ. One day they were calling together in an apartment complex. They went from apartment to apartment, ringing doorbells, passing out tracts, witnessing people, witnessing to people and sharing their faith. Dr. Sumi was so enthusiastic in what he was doing that Bob says that he was almost embarrassed. Bob said, here was this fine medical doctor who was just compelled to tell people about Jesus. After they finished their time of calling and were heading home, Dr. Sumi looked over at Bob and said, Preacher, you know what? The church has so much more to offer than we do, than we have to offer at the hospital where I work. Bob asked, what do you mean? And Dr. Sumi answered, he said, well, at the hospital, I can perform surgery, I can make an incision and remove diseased parts of the body and sew it back up and give people a few more years of life. But he said, the church can offer eternal life. So today I ask this question, who am I? And if we ask ourselves that question, who am I? God created us to be created in his image. He cared for us. He gave us a purpose in life. And that one purpose is to share what God is to us, to others.